0: the following program is a podcast one.com production he's a world champion wrestler best-selling author actor and lead singer of fozzy now now he's rocking the podcast world marvelous This, this this is talk is jericho talk is jericho starring chris jericho welcome to talk is jericho this is the pot of thunder and rock and roll. Oh, I am Chris Jericho, and this is the debut of my brand new Friday show. Yes, the remedy for boredom is now twice a week, every Wednesday and every Friday. T.G.I.F. full show. That stands for thank God it's Friday, in case you don't know. <laughs> Spread the word to all your friends that the show is now twice a week, Wednesday and Friday, due to popular demand, a.k.a. all of you, the Jericho-holics, who wanted to hear more Talk is Jericho after only eight weeks. That is insane. I appreciate all of the love and affection. I can't live without your love and affection. I can't wait you another night on my own. Anytime you get a chance to uh, sing some Nelson, you know it's a good thing. I'm excited to be here. Can't you tell? Huh? Can't you tell? It's time to cue up the official Talk is Jericho theme song. <laughs> yes, a little lover boy just for you. i got to have Mo Cowbell. And more Talk is Jericho. I'm excited, like I said, to have you here. I'm also excited to have Chavo Guerrero back for the second part of this amazing interview. The conversation gets a lot deeper and even more emotional than the last one. I know that's hard to believe, but trust me, you are not going to want to miss this. It's a must hear. It's a must listen. It's a must see. Even though you can't see it, I get a lot of tweets on that Twitter. Ah! At Talk is Jericho from uh, people much like you saying, I really enjoyed the show. Uh, I enjoyed watching the episode with Edge or I enjoyed watching the episode with M. Shadows. It's like probably got to rewrite your tweet because you didn't really watch it unless you just watched the picture of me on the screen with that smile on my face like, hi, hi. Uh, Yeah, it's a podcast, so we just listen. But uh, something that I was watching was American Horror Story, Coven. And I always get in trouble for talking about TV shows, so, okay, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. If you don't want to hear what happens at the end of the show, at the end of the season, don't listen. Uh. I tweeted about it, and I said, uh, watch American Horror Story, got kind of lame. Here's the theme of the season. People live, people die, people come back to life, the end. And everyone's like, you spoiled it, you son of a bitch, you spoiled the show. And it's like, I didn't say anything. I just said they live, they die, they come back to life. And that's one of the things that started bugging me. When Horror Story first started, uh, Coven, the, the third season, I was super into it. I remember telling you guys about when the one witch got taken out to the desert and put on the stake to get burned alive, and they had like this really funky Dr. John music behind Could have been the right place. Could have been the wrong time. Could have been the right place. Could have been the wrong time or whatever, and then she gets put on the stake and they light her on fire and it was just, oh, this is so awesome. But then it's almost like American Horror Story jumped the uh jumped the stake after that. It just started getting really cheesy. Like a witch would die, and then like five minutes later, they'd bring her back to life. And it was just like there's no reason why these people are dying. I think life and death meant nothing in this, uh in this season. Like even at the end, the 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 one which uh zoe they're playing like this game where they disappear and they appear and they disappear and they appear and they disappear and they appear and she appears like uh like impaled on this on this wrought iron gate so look, like, how did that happen she was just running and she's like look at me i can appear and i can disappear and i'm over here now and now i'm over here and now i'm oh impaled on a gate ah stupid how did i do that stupid stupid dead uh, five minutes later, back to life. Like, why do they do that? It Didn't make any sense to me. It started becoming like really plot hole riddled. But the, the the moment for me that it really got super cheesy, and this has always been kind of a pet peeve of mine, is when they they were talking all season long about how Misty was a big fan of Stevie Nicks. Stevie
1: Nicks is my hero. That's Stevie Nicks from American Idol.
0: Stevie Nicks. The white witch. The only witch before you I've ever known. She's an actual witch? Yes, the Stevie Nicks. Rhiannon. Rhiannon and green like a bird in the flat. And, you know, that, 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 that chick from Fleetwood Mac. So um, they're always talking about her. And then finally, all the evil witches somehow uh, are, are friends with this white witch. And they bring her into the dormitory where the coven is to meet Misty. And the white witch is, is Stevie Nicks. It just so happens that, like, they're friends with the White Witch. And if you're a dark witch, why would you be friends with the White Witch? It doesn't make any sense. If you're super evil, why are you friends with someone that's really good? Okay, for one. And for two, so Misty comes in and, and she sees Stevie Nicks. And it's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, and she goes, hi, I'm Stevie Nicks. You must be Misty. I'm Stevie Nicks. And it's just, like, so wooden acting. Is she all right? <laughs> hi. And Stevie Nicks, and it's like it's just so out of place, like just stunt casting. You might as well have a neon sign going, "Stunt casting, stunt casting." And I always hated when shows would do that. Like, why would Stevie Nicks be hanging out with the, with the Black Witch Coven? And also, if she was, and the girl who she knows is a huge friend walks in, like, well, she, "Hi, I'm Stevie." Like, duh, obviously, OBS. But I'm Stevie Nicks. Just for the people watching the show who might not know who she is, listen. If you're watching American Horror Story, Coven and you don't know who Stevie Nicks is, get the hell out of the room. No need to introduce yourself. So it reminded me of like like you know on the Cosby Show when you know Theo and like, Theo, flu's and flip and flop. You have to do your homework. That's the worst Bill Cosby imitation ever. Let me try that again. Theo, you have to do your homework. freezing and flop and flew jello. <laughs> Never said I was an impressionist, ladies and gentlemen. Anyways, Theo would be getting in trouble, and Cosby would be sitting there, and uh, you got to do your homework. Come on, Dad, I don't want to do my homework. And suddenly you'd hear a... Hold on, Theo, let me get the door. You better do your homework. Fleece and flopping flu. And then he'd go and open the door, and it'd be a, Oh, my goodness, it's American gold medalist Carl Lewis. And then you'd hear the studio audience... Like, why is Carl Lewis just showing up at Cosby's house and why does he have to introduce him like that? It's American gold medalist Carl Lewis. And so Carl can be it Mr Huxtable a Huxtable, my car broke down and can I use your phone? And then Theo's like ah and, Hi, I'm Carl Lewis. Oh, I love you, Carl Lewis. What are you doing? Oh, he's not doing his homework, please. And am and flu, jello, jello. And then Carl Lewis would say, listen, Theo, it's very important to stay in school and do your homework so you can be an Olympic gold medalist like me. And then they'd all shake hands and then like, hey, and then students would clap. And then Cosby would call up the, you know, the mechanic and they'd, they'd come and save Carl Lewis and then there they go. But it's like these horrible stunt castings and Cosby's show was so bad. I remember another time is, uh, was where, uh, <laughs> Denise Cosby's daughter, she gets into a car accident with a limousine and it's like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry for hitting this limousine. And the door opens and it's, oh my goodness, it's multi-time Grammy winner, Stevie Wonder. And the crowd applauds, <laughs> you know, and it's like, hey, Denise, I felt that you hit my car. And it's like, Stevie, like, why? Like, What? Like, how is this book? Like, who decides? Okay, listen, Cosby, we can get Stevie Wonder for the show. Well, get him, Fleas and Flop and floop. Okay, but what do we do with him? Find a place for him, Fleas and Flop and Flop, Jello. So they get, you know, Stevie Wonder, put him in a limousine, and Denise hits him, and he gets out. And it's like he it doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the show. He's just there for a second.
2: Now, we are going to go now, okay? No, 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 just a minute. I knew you were coming in today. So I programmed something special for you. I hope you like it. No New Year's Day to
0: celebrate. Stunt casting, one of my biggest pet peeves. Remember when the Beach Boys were on Full House? Did you ever see? How about, the, how about the Full House uh, uh, renaissance that's coming back? The Full House guys on a TV commercial for yogurt. Um, Full House guys on Jimmy Fallon. And Sagitt, worse than ever. Coulier, more annoying than ever. And John Stamos, was still smoking hot like i'm a heterosexual guy but i want to bathe with with john stamos he's so hot like to this day he looks exactly the same anyways little known fact that john stamos is also a musician uh of jesse and the rippers and played bongos and sang backups with the beach boys for real remember that song kokomo uh it's like really from like uh cocktails bermuda bahamas oh i wanna do what is it no (laughs) Oh, wait, no, it's, it's, wait, it's San it's Diego, Jamaica, ooh, I want to take you. Like, oh, Brian Wilson, please come back to the Beach Boys and kill these stupid lyrics. So then if you watch the video for Kokomo, Stamos is in the back playing the bongos. Okay, I know that's really obscure. And then they came on, uh, came on to Full House. And once again, Jesse and the Rippers has a gig and finds out that they're double booked with the Beach Boys. Like, probably not going to happen, but whatevs. So then they have, like, a joint jam session. But But I don't like stunt casting. I don't want it on my TV. It doesn't make any sense to me. It'd be better if like the Beach Boys showed up and they were playing characters. Like maybe Mike Love is 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 Jesse Kotsopolis' dad. But no, he has to be Mike Love of the Beach Boys. Kind of went off on a rant there. But once again, stunt casting gets a big <laughs> from me. Don't like it. A big Chris Jericho raspberry. Stunt casting, <laughs> and the uh f- last six episodes of American Horror Story, Coven, <laughs> same thing. First six episodes, yeah! Awesome show, amazing, loved it. And <laughs> big raspberry, get it off my TV screen. I will check out season two though, which I haven't seen, called Asylum, for more uh, amazing, uh, hopefully amazing American Horror Story. It was pretty, pretty sick and pretty gross in some of the uh, some of the shows and some of the episodes, like some really just squeamish type stuff. So I did; it, it's worth a watch, despite the fact I just gave it a patent to Jericho. <laughs> But just beware of the Stevie Nicks useless cameo. Hi, I'm Stevie Nicks. And then she plays a song. Ugh. Who greenlits this stuff? Hi, I'm American uh, Olympic gold medalist Carl Lewis. Yay! Maybe they needed some Loverboy, too. All right, Chavel Guerrero, in studio for a second week. All right, there are some seriously talented luchadors in AEW, and not all of them speak English, which can make putting together matches a little challenging sometimes. That's why I signed up for Rosetta Stone. I'm learning Spanish, amigos, eh, amigas. See, already learning. Haha. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program. You don't even have to learn Spanish, though, because Rosetta Stone has 25 languages, including French, German, Korean, Arabic, and Polish, and Japanese. That's what I'm going to do next. I spent a lot of time in Japan and I still work with a lot of Japanese wrestlers at AEW like Takeshita. So having a better handle on the language will definitely show in the ring. Communication is key. And learning Spanish on Rosetta Stone has been so fun and easy. They've got this true accent feature that gives you feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. Sort of like having a personal trainer for your accent. I'm using the app, but you can also do the lessons on desktop or laptop. I also like that I can download the lessons and do them offline, which is perfect for a plane. I can sit there on a flight and work on my Espanol. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Talk is Jericho listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Jericho. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com dot com slash Jericho today. That's Rosetta Stone dot com slash Jericho. Do it today. All right, uh, my brother, my former traveling partner, Chavo Guerrero is here. Uh, We were talking about your uncle Eddie Guerrero and his passing and I remember at Eddie's funeral uh, I saw Chris Benoit and uh, wasn't with the WWE at that point. I was taking some time off or whatever I was doing. And Chris gave me a hug with that same whale. Right. And this is somebody that didn't show emotion ever. If
3: you know, Chris, he was like stone face. He never showed emotion. He, you know, if we would get him to laugh and laughs crazy, it was such like a, a feat because he wouldn't you, do that. And you felt good about yourself. You would
0: make a comment. Like Ben was laughing.
3: Yeah. When he would laugh, man, you were like, Oh, this is great because he was, he was the no seller. You know, he yeah. wouldn't, he wouldn't sell if he was mad. You you never saw the guy get angry. Right. No He never saw him get angry He Never saw him sad. nothing I mean I that same day At this funeral He My wife He grabbed my wife And he, her shoulder was wet
0: Because mm, he was crying so, so much So sad yeah. He um, Yeah I remember I played him this tape one time This tape from, from Canada It was like uh, An Indian radio station Like right. a, a You know Canadian Indian Like you know And it was a tape That was going around It was really funny And I played it for Chris And he didn't Crack a smile Once Right and I started second-guessing my own sense of humor. Like, am I just not funny? Like, is, How could you not laugh at this? this cri- is our, yeah, yeah, and that was The Crippler. Yeah. And remember the time we were in a hotel room somewhere, and there was people making noise next door. Do you remember this? I don't know. Maybe. And Chris calls I don't remember, him on the phone. I don't remember much back then. <laughs> Chris calls him on the phone, and he's like, you guys don't know how to party. <laughs> oh, that's and right. And then hangs up, and he's laughing. We're like, and that's then he right. goes like, you guys don't know how to party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're like, yeah, yeah. Wh- yeah. what are you doing? So then... He takes a garbage can, and fills it full of beer and water, and he might have that's right, it in that's trash right. And he put it up against the guy's door, yep. knocked on the door, and then ran away and closed it. And these guys opened the door, and then the, you know, of course, yeah, the big garbage can right. full of liquid fell, of, yeah. fell on them. And he thought that was the funniest thing, bro, you could ever see. And it was like not even funny, yeah, but yeah. he was. I remember him just howling like. With the, yeah. with the he used to chew on these straws, he would right. have a coffee yeah. straw in his mouth. His
3: missing, his missing tooth,
0: missing tooth, belly laughing, and yeah. not really making a sound. just right. like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
3: so funny. I yeah. remember this is a story. He and he and I, Chris. So we, uh, we're we're rooming together, and we're in some you know some town. I don't even know where we're at, and we would go down to the bar to, and go eat. To go mm-hmm. eat at the bar. That's, we'd always that was after our you know the show. We I think the show was connected to the arena, right? So uh, or the hotel was connected to the arena, so. Uh, you know, a bunch of bunch of fans were in the in the bar and stuff. So we went down just go something to eat. So he ran up to make a phone call or something like that. He comes back down and goes, "Chavo," very very quiet. And he goes, "Come check this out." So I'm like, "What? Okay." I think he's just gonna, you know, I don't know what he's gonna show mm-hmm. me. So we go back to the room. He won't he won't like give me a hint on anything. We go back to the room, take the elevator up, and he we walk in and he holds up this shoe, and he goes, "Look." And I'm like, "Yeah, it's a shoe," and he goes. Okay, this is what happened. I was walking back to the room, and you know, there's a bunch of fans that are staying mm-hmm. in that in that room. And he hears them horsing, horsing around. Hey, I'm Andrew the Giant. Hey, I'm those. And they're obviously wrestling in the room. Right. So one of the fans, one of the guys, fans opens the door and sh- chucks the, the the shoe out the window. I mean, I'm mean, out the door, the door into the hallway. Chris sees it and picks it up and <laughs> runs to his room and takes it up. And he's listening. He's like around the corner now and he's listening <laughs> and he and he hears, Hey, pal, where's my shoe? And the, the guy's like. I threw it out in the hallway. And, and you know, Chris so is right. that was and, his trophy, and, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And the guys, It's not out here. I goes, sure, it's out there, bro. I just threw it out I just threw it out. <laughs> and there's like they're going, What? They're all looking for it and he's 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 listening and he's laughing. Like a little He's kid, laughing, right? probably laughing so much. So he's laughing, laughing, laughing. And I hear you sure you put it out there? You know, and then the guy finally goes, it must, have been, it must have been one of those wrestlers. I bet you it was Disco Inferno. I bet you it was one of those guys. So Chris, so I'm like, okay, that was funny. So we we'd go back down, and you know, we didn't do anything about it. We ate dinner and kind of forgot about it. So in the morning, we're getting ready to you know, fly out. It's probably you know, 8 in the morning, nine, 9 in the morning. So I go, what do you do with that shoe? And he goes, watch. So he goes to the bathroom. Now this is, again, this is Chris Benoit, the silent Ribber, doesn't show emotion, doesn't, you know, he loved a good rib, but he would never really pull them. He would just sit and watch from afar. So he sit and he takes the shoe and he goes to the bathroom. Number two, in (laughs) the shoe, he
0: poops in the shoe, in
3: the shoe. And I'm like. Who are you? <laughs> who, so who, who does this? Who, who has aliens just abducted <laughs> my my friend and gave you? He, who who's this guy? Where's my friend? So we're laughing. I'm laughing. Oh my god! What are you gonna do with it? I'm like, first of all, get that out of my face. <laughs> Second of all, what are you gonna do with it? And he goes, watch. So he goes over and puts it in front of the person's door and knocks on the door and runs out. And now we're listening on the side. We're like, what what what? I'm, now this guy's probably listening to this and going, that's who took my shoe. Feel honored that Chris Benoit took your shoe because now we're sitting there listening, and the guy opens it up and goes, Hey! <laughs> and we laughed about this for weeks. We hear, Hey, John, look, it's your shoe. Oh, what? The guy runs like, What? Oh, my God. And they're selling it so loud. Pick it up. I'm not going to pick it up. You pick it up. Oh, my God. You did it. You, I didn't do it. You know who did it. It was so we were laughing. We were trying because we were only a few doors down from it. Right. We're trying so hard not to to <laughs> you know for, for
0: not belly laugh yeah. not to Blow hear us your and
3: cover no where, yeah know where we're at and oh my gosh that was one of the funniest things. and we laughed because we recreated that that <laughs> that hey look bill here's your sh-. We, rec- <laughs> we said that over and over again for months and we would laugh we laughed for
0: did, did you see uh, a decline in, in chris um personality wise after eddie's death
3: no you know what i people say that you know and i I'm just wondering oh, yeah, because at this yeah, yeah, time yeah. you
0: were riding with Chris pretty I, much exclusively I, now at yes, this point in time. Yes,
3: me and Chris we had a big program together, you know, a feud if you want to call it, and uh, we ended up sticking together. And, and really, because you know you were gone, Dean was an agent now. Yeah, really, it was just he and I. Mm-hmm. We we stuck up for each other, and, and I remember Eddie. I mean, Chris saying, uh, "Hey, man, I don't know what to do now that Eddie's gone. He was like my go-to guy," and I'm like, "Well, bro, I'm now I'm your go-to guy." Mm-hmm. You know, it took a little time to build up that trust, but we did. And we wrote, we were like brothers, bro. We would, we would, you know, re, you know, you worked them several times, so you know, but we would, before we'd go wrestle, we, we'd give each other a kiss on the cheek and say, okay, you know, bring it. Okay, bring yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And we'd go out there completely blank. You know, we'd just say, okay, you blank? I'm blank. Okay, let's go out there. And we'd go 25 minutes. Just call it in the just ring. Just call the whole thing went in the ring. And the referee's like, what's the finish? I, I don't know. It's either mm-hmm. a frog splash or it's I'm tapping to
0: something. It's a cross face, yeah. Yeah, or, or the, or or the, the, the clover leaf yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. The, the, what is it? Sharpshooter? Sharpshooter, yeah. sharpshooter. <laughs> whatever, whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, so we had no idea, you know, so we, we knew each other that well. And we I mean, we st- stuck each other by, the only time we, we for four days a week that we wouldn't be together was when he'd go to his room and I'd go to my room, which were next to each other, mm-hmm. give each other a kiss on the cheek, say, okay, i see you in the morning. We'd get up, eat breakfast together. We'd train together. We would, uh, we'd, do ev- we'd do everything together, mm-hmm. you know. We were married we were right our, right, road, right. Our road That's wife, right you
0: know? you know it's interesting because I mean around that time, black cat, good friend of Chris, passed right, away, right. Johnny Grunge, who was another right. very close confidant of Chris, right. has passed away. Uh, Ray Trailer passed away, That's Big right, Boss yeah, Man. Yeah, I remember yeah. when Ray died, he said, I can't take this anymore. Yep. I can't handle all my friends dying. That's right. And then just a few months after that, Eddie passed away. Right. And I always wondered if that was kind of like started sending him into this, you know, I, I never saw or a change maybe. in
3: him and I was with him all the time. And, you know, people, you know, always say, well, it's concussions and this. And he had so much, you know, we did scans on his brain and he had the brain of an 80 year old man from all the, you know, the hits and stuff. I, under- I totally understand people looking, trying to find out why. Mm hmm. I was with him for,
0: you know, the eight months before. More than anybody, more than anybody, and I, I couldn't even get him on the phone in that yeah. time. He would disappear. Yeah, but you yeah, were with him. Yeah, yeah.
3: I didn't see it, man. I didn't. I didn't see it. I would have seen something different because we were with each other so much. And he's he was great at hiding things. He was like Houdini. We'd call yeah, him, we right? call him Houdini. He, yeah, he would just he would just it.
0: disappear. Yeah,
3: but um, you would be at a bar and you yeah you want a beer yeah I'd order him another beer and then all of a sudden turn around he's gone mm-hmm. he'd be in his room.
0: Yeah. He would just take off. He'd call me in five minutes, and you know, you'd call him in five minutes, yeah, he's and gone. he's gone. Hey, he's He'd answer spirit. the phone. Call me right back.
3: Yeah. Who? literally. Yeah.
0: I call him the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah. He would surface yeah. just briefly and then disappear into yeah. the depths, and you wouldn't find him. Yeah.
3: So I never saw it, man. I never saw a change in him. I never saw the, you know, people were saying, oh, when Eddie died, he got so religious and this and that. Dude, I didn't see it. I mean, we were mm-hmm. religious in, in our way, you know, and yeah. pray together before the matches and stuff like that. But, you know, unless he just really, really, really was really good at hiding it from me. You know, obviously there's something else going on.
0: Mm -hmm. What do you think it might have been?
3: (sighs) You you got got me, man. So many factors. So many factors, so many factors. And, you know, people seeing this that, you know, listening to this, if you don't know what happened... uh,
0: Yeah, yeah. Chris went on, and and, and, over the course of a weekend, basically, I don't even know a better word to use it, murdered his wife and his young son. Exactly. And this was a guy... And then hung himself. And then hung himself. And this was a guy that if you... If you stood him in in a line with a hundred other guys and said which guy do you like the most or respect the most, Chris would would probably be and Chris and Eddie would probably be the two. Yep. And if I had to ever you know leave the country and had to leave my kids with somebody, it'd be Chris. I would right? have left him with, with with Chris or with you. Yeah, but, yeah. And and you would never have guessed this. It came out of nowhere. Absolutely. I mean,
3: you you knew him so well, and he I never saw him get mad. Never seen him mm, get mad. Mm.
0: Seem to get pissed off, uh, well, but well, never well, like, well,
3: ah. There'd be times we'd be on a bus and, you know, somebody would kind of treat him wrong. And I'd get hot. I'd be like, like ready, ready to pounce on this dude. And he'd be like, child, well, it's not worth it. do it's not worth it. He would never, I never saw him get mad. Mm-hmm.
0: Like that. So what happened that last, that last weekend? Then? Were you, were, you guys were traveling together and it was just you two at this point in yeah, time, right? Just us, through, you
3: know, uh, so, Oh well. And, uh, Scott Armstrong would jump in every once in a while with us, you know, right. kind of the three of us, you know. and um,
0: So you'd meet at the airport for the beginning of a loop.
3: Yeah. See, I'd fly in from California, he'd fly in from, from Georgia and we'd fly into wherever, let's say we flew into, you know, Louisiana, we'd meet and then we, you know, some one of us would get the car and then we would travel four days together the and then we'd drop the car off the airport and we'd fly our separate ways home for two days and right back. And that was for, you know, eight straight months. So uh, this one was a little different because we were close to um, to Georgia. Right. So I ended up staying, uh, we, we went home and anytime you know a wrestler can spend the night in his own bed he does mm-hmm. whether it's 300 mile drive or 500 mile drive mm-hmm. because we're you know we're never home in our in our beds so we were able to go to his house and I'd never even seen his house he moved away from everybody he moved to the rural rural part of of Atlanta just so cuz you know he was such a you know a, a loner he's a lone wolf mm-hmm. and that he didn't want um you know, people don't know kind of where he lived and stuff. He had a P.O. box. Really? Yeah, the whole deal. Did you ever
0: go to his house? Yeah, so, so we went wow. to his
3: house and stayed at his house. And I, he, I remember he said, hey, guys, hey, I'm really private. Please please don't tell anybody about my house, you know, how it is. Wow. Or I was like, all right, cool, no problem. No problem, Chris. So we stayed there. We you spent, and Scott? No, me. Me oh, you by myself. Okay, and yeah, Chris, gotcha. He and I. So we, we stayed there that night and got up in the morning and he, uh, you know, by the time I woke up here, I had steaks and, and eggs ready to go for us. You know mm-hmm. the, the protein diet. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. ready to go. We we're going to work out. You know, and I saw his, his son um, Daniel there. And uh, you know, I was the cruiserweight champ at the time, so I had uh, I gave uh, you know Daniel the, the belt. He you know he really wanted to see the belt, so I know that he went to Chris and he said, "Dad, can I? Can I?" And so Chris was like, "Ask him. Ask him." Can I can I see your belt? And I was like, Yeah, yeah. of course. So he held the belt, okay, like, you're the champ, we put him on him, took pictures with him, the whole deal, you know, and and all that. So we went from there and did our loop. Did our, you know, four four days together and then we ended up uh ended up in in North Carolina, Charlotte, I believe, because we uh we ended up seeing an old friend from WCW. Remember Donna Seaman? Yeah, yeah, Donna yeah. Donna and yeah. Donna and her sister, Deb. We ended up uh um the last night of the loop, before we were all get ready to fly home. We went to uh, go eat with him at night after the show. So we went and just ate and stuff. And I just remember Chris ordering shots, like a tequila, like we're doing a tequila shot. Every once in a while, he'd be like, "He never, you know, he'd have a couple beers and that was it." But Every once in a door, while, yeah. he'd like, "Okay, let's do this and, or, and just yeah. start drinking." all, all
0: right. Or so. eat a whole cheesecake. Like yeah, he yeah. never ate a sweet. And then one day he just would like eat a whole one. Yeah, yeah. Like, like what are you doing? whole yeah. cheesecake. Yeah, yeah. Put
3: the whole thing in his mouth. Yeah, right? the whole yeah. piece. And wrong. then laugh. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we're, we're in shots. We're doing shots of tequila and stuff and having a good time. And, and I was pretty jacked up, you know. So we go, we go to our own room. I go to sleep. And we got to get up in two hours to catch mm. this flight. So I'm sleeping, set my alarm and everything. Well, we probably had eight shots of tequila, you know, a few beers. So next thing you know, I hear the door banging. Bam, 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 bam. What the heck is that? Bam, 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 bam. I, what, what, like, I'm like in a dream. Well I, well, I go to He was like, Chavo, we got to go. I'm like, what time is it? Oh, man. I slept through my alarm. I never sleep mm. through my alarm. Ever. I slipped through my alarm. I was like, oh, Mike, we, we got to catch this flight. So we jumped in the in – the, we didn't – no shower. We, I mean I was – I just threw all the stuff in, in, in my bag and we jumped to the car and we raced to the airport. And I, I ended up uh, – we up, you know getting to, our, to the plane and, and he made his flight. I missed my flight.
0: From, okay, right.
3: Gotcha. I missed my flight. So he made it just barely you – know, I had to miss my flight. So I caught you know the next flight out an hour later. Um, when I landed in – my connection, I landed in uh, – we were in North Carolina. So he went to Atlanta on one-hour flight. I had to go to to uh, Texas. I think I landed in Dallas, so I get a call from him. He, hey man, just checking up on you. Did you uh, you know, did you make it okay? I said, yeah, man, I am okay. Thanks. You know, thanks for getting me up, man. I, I never sleep through my alarm. Ah, oh, no problem, man. No problem, no problem. So I went my way. He went his way, and in two and a half days, we were gonna hook up again. You know, we were on the road again. So now it's uh, Belmont, Texas, I believe. And I uh This
0: is on like a Saturday or a Friday. Is,
3: this is now Saturday morning. Okay. So the the first one we left my left probably Wednesday morning. Yeah. So now it's Saturday morning early. I land yeah. in Dallas, my connection, and uh we always that's we always get on the phone and you know and coordinate. One time you get in, yeah, the whole deal, I'll pick you up or he'll pick me up, whatever. So um I call him, no answer. Then all of a sudden I get a, a call from him. And he's like, Oh, call right back. Hey Chavo, hey, what's up, man? He sounds just off. I'm like, man, you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm cool, man. Just, just really bad, a really, really just bad weekend. I just, you know, Daniel and Nancy are sick, his wife, you know, and you know. Uh, so had,
0: you're actually talking to him at this point. I'm in time.
3: talking to him, yeah. And he's. And hitting. this is
0: basically after he's probably killed his wife. Ah uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. They're
3: sick, you know. They're not feeling good, and I'm like, all right, all right, cool. And were well, you coming in? Yeah, uh, I missed my flight. I missed my flight, but don't worry, I'm gonna catch another flight, and and I'll be there. Okay, I could just call me when you get in, and i'll pick you up you know no matter what time it is you know i we were landing in houston i had to drive to belmont and um i was like you know don't worry about it we're late we're late i'll, I'll wait for you okay okay so he gets off the he getting ready to get off the phone and and he goes he makes a point of, he says, it stops he goes chavo chavo i go yeah and he goes i love you i said i love you too man it wasn't too out of you know off off kilter because mm-hmm. we always tell each other we love each other yeah but this was really forced it was not it was not forced it was really like made a point of it it was like hey man okay i love you brother okay no it was like chavo i love you
0: i want you to understand this basically mm-hmm. if you don't forget be, this coming
3: from a man with very few words yeah yeah i was like all right i love you too bro so i hung up and i thought that was strange so i call him right back and i go hey man are you are you all right? I'm fine, man. Like I said, I just had a a real hard weekend, you know, and, and, and just, you know, you know, real hard weekend. And the, the, I had to go to the, take him, you know, Daniel and Nancy to the hospital. And I'm like, oh, okay, man. Well, I'm here. Okay. Okay, man. Okay, cool, cool. So then hung up and that was the last I actually talked to him. I guess he'd call Scott Armstrong too. We, he and I hooked up, Scott, we hooked up and we ended up driving, waiting for Chris, no call, no call, no call. I'm calling, hey dude, did you miss your flight? Did you make your another your your new flight? No call, no answer, no answer. Okay, well I guess we gotta drive. Well if we gotta come back, you know, we said if we gotta come back from and go pick him up, we will. So we went to the show and you know the agents were asking, where's Chris? Where's Chris? This,
0: is, this is a house show. House show. Right.
3: House show. Where's Chris? Chris. Next day it was, was, was a was a pay per view, yeah. In Houston. Well, I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't I don't know. Um, he missed his flight, you know, he's gonna Okay, okay. So um, we drive to Houston the next day, me and me and Scotty. And, uh, and still no words, Still no from Chris, we're calling him. Okay. Nothing. I get some texts on my phone at probably 5am and I get texts from Chris. So they,
0: you wake up in the morning, you've got, not
3: texts. even before It woke me up before oh, okay. five we'll in the morning. Them. So I look at, I look at the, uh, my text and I'm like, that's weird. It says the dogs are in the enclosed pool area. The garage door is open. I looked at, it, I was like, well, that's weird. Is this one of those texts you get? You know, sometimes you get texts you know from three days ago you never delivered, yeah, and then all of a sudden yeah. you got a text. And this is kind of the start of texting. You know, now it's a little different, but yeah, back it was two
0: thousand and seven. A
3: lot of times, you know, text didn't come through and they got lost, and all of a sudden you got them. And I was like, well, that's, that's
0: you get weird. half a text,
3: half a text. Yeah. yeah, that was weird. So, so okay, I, I wrote it off. Then I get another text from Nancy's phone, from his wife's phone, and it said the same thing. You know, the same text. That's really weird. Okay, whatever. I uh, kind of wrote it off. So then I had to get up in two hours, so I got up. I look at, um, I go downstairs to meet uh, Scotty Armstrong, and uh, I look at him, I go, did you get some weird, anything weird last night happened? And he goes, yeah, I got some weird text from from Chris. I said, me too, did it say this? He goes, yeah. So we call Chris, no answer, no answer, no answer. That's weird. So we go to the pay-per-view. Chris isn't showing up, and they're asking us, "Where's he at?" Uh, I'm not sure. We're not sure where he's at. Now we're covering for him. We right. think maybe you know blatantly
0: lying for yeah, him now. Yeah. Well,
3: yeah, we're, you know, we're blatantly, you know, whatever. We're just coming from no, I haven't heard from him. I don't know what's going on. Okay, great. Didn't tell us anything about the text. Nothing.
0: Did that, you feel something was going on weird? Something, at this point? something
3: was going on. Something was going on, and I remember Arn Anderson saying. This is later on in the day because he was supposed to wrestle the pay-per-view. He was for, supposed to wrestle for the title. For, yeah, the, the ECW championship against CM Punk. He was supposed to wrestle for him, wrestle him, and this is a big match. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember Arn Anderson saying, you know what? If Benoit didn't show up with no word, he's either has just taken off to like Alaska mm-hmm. and is going to be like a, you know, a merchant marine or something, or he's, or he's, dead basically
0: That's. And, and, I remember and, him
3: saying that not meaning it is he, he's right. dead but there's but, something going on for him not to show up
0: and either option being just as viable because I could see him just going off to become a merchant marine and saying and, and screw being this gone.
3: Yeah, yeah yeah and being gone you know basically right. the, the ending of Dexter mm-hmm. <laughs> right Um. and then uh, so I didn't say anything we didn't say anything the next day we're in Corpus Christi for a super show another super show and uh, those damn super shows man I don't know what's got <laughs> yeah me. But and you
0: still didn't know anything. We
3: still didn't know. We've been calling, been calling, been calling. So finally, I go to Johnny Ace. I go, Johnny, Johnny was the head of talent relations. Mm-hmm. I go, Johnny, this is my phone. This is what I got yesterday. And he's like, you know, with his Johnny voice. hey, what are you talking about? Why didn't you show me this yesterday? I said, Johnny, we're trying to cover for him. Mm-hmm. be honest with you, I didn't know what was going on. We're covering for him. He's like, all right, let me get on the phone. So I guess they called the Atlanta police or whatever and and. I don't know anything about it. You know, that's the last thing I heard. And then all of a sudden, about an hour later, they go a big old meeting at the ring with all the wrestlers. And then they did this periodically, you know,
0: to talk about, you know, yeah, the, they would have like a, like a team meeting yeah, where the company's
3: going or, you know, Vince had to say something big, you know, so yeah. we go to the meeting we're sitting there and I look at Ric Flair and Ric Flair's crying and, and I go, "Rick, what's going on? And he goes, they're gone. I said, what do you mean they're gone? And I, this is before anybody knew anything. And he goes, Daniel, Nancy, and Chris. And I said, "What do you mean they're gone?" And I, ha- I had to hear it from his mouth. I couldn't hear his, hear that. He said, "They're gone." What do you mean they're gone? He goes, "They're dead." Just now, right now, my heart just dropped again. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt. I was like, and, and Vince hadn't announced it to everybody yet. And I'm sitting there next, next to everybody, and I just put my head down and was like, "Oh, mm. what? Well, are you kidding me? This is a two years, a year and a half after Eddie died." Yeah. And, you know, I had another friend. This happened to another friend of mine. I was like, what are you talking about? And sure enough, man, I, then all of a sudden Vince announces it to people and saying, we don't know the circumstances at this time. All we know is that there's been a death, and uh, Chris Benoit is no longer with us, and his uh, son and his uh, uh, wife are no longer with us either. We don't know the circumstances. We don't know what's going on. So we're taking tonight making a, making a tribute show to Chris. I pulled Vince. I g- grabbed him in, in the back and was like, what happened i don't what happened and he just hugged me and i'm now i'm crying on vince McMahon's shoulder and i'm like no not again not again yeah, not again. Yeah, and not i'm again, crying on yeah. it and he's hugging me like like a child i mean he's hugging me like really tight you know and i was like what what the heck
0: Are you serious you know it was interesting because i've been talking to brian Gewurz <laughs> right. and he called me earlier in the day and said i gotta tell you something you're gonna love because what I found out afterwards that Bruce Campbell was originally going to be on the show because that show was a funeral for Vince who had just been blown up
3: that's right that's right and they had yeah,
0: Bruce right. Campbell who's you know from Evil Dead and you know the actor and he's I'm a big fan he's got something I gotta tell you he left a message Yeah. so I went to the gym I worked out with my son Ash yeah. got back in the car called him back and he's like total change I'm like hey what's going on man what do you gotta tell me and he's like you're not going to want to hear this. And I think I was thinking like,
3: you just told me to call you back, right? Yeah. He
0: goes, he goes, this is, this is horrible. And, I, and right. I was thinking, cause he said earlier, I got to tell you something about Vince. Right. And when he, when I talked to him, I thought he was going to say that Vince is going to go on the air and like bury me or something. He, he, this is horrible. It's, like, I didn't know what he was talking about. And then he said the same thing. He's gone. Who's gone? Chris. I'm like, where'd he go? Chris, who like, yeah. w- which Chris are you talking about? Right, right. Benoit. And, and then, and Nancy and Daniel. Same thing with me, huge whale. I remember my son, I'll never forget it. He goes, Daddy, you cry funny, because I had to pull over on the side of the road. Yeah. And I was, yeah. just it was like you said, he just like all three of them? right? And like what, did they have carbon monoxide poisoning? Did they have food poisoning? At the point in time, nobody knew anything. What were the boys saying? What was the speculation? What was it?
3: There was nothing. We didn't know. We were like, what do you mean he's gone? Like, what happened? We don't know. He's gone. We didn't know.
0: Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing. And, and then when you actually did find out what had happened... It was still to this day. We still don't know what happened, and there's really no
3: still don't know what happened. And then, and then once you actually found out what really happened, that you know the the details behind it with with you know Nancy being you know killed, him killing her, then killing his son, and then hanging himself were like that. That's not the guy we knew. That's just not the guy we knew.
0: Yeah, and then there's so many you know, like we said, we'll never know for sure. I still think that it's the concussion thing. Sure, definitely the the, the hardening of the brain. Absolutely. You know, I'm actually going to have Chris Nowinsky on. Talk to him about it. He's great. I, he actually studied Benoit's brain. He
3: helped me when I had my big concussion because the you know the doctors didn't know anything. Yeah. They were just like, eh. there was no protocol. It was not like, when I tore my bicep, they were like, hey, you can, you're in a sling for four months. And this. Right. No, it was like, well, you, I go, when can I go back to work? Well, when you feel better. Well, Chris calls me and, and Nowinski calls me and, and really, really, you know.
0: Explain I, I, it to I think, like you said, I think it was, it was the, maybe one of the first times this had ever happened. And now, with all the research that's been done, if, right. if there were symptoms or signs, you would know about it. But back in 2007, I think Chris's case might have been the very first. Hey, we'll never know for sure, but it gives me some kind of closure right. that I can at least believe that my friend just didn't go completely insane for no reason. Sure. At least that gives me a reason. I know. And I, it, I, and, and, I feel your pain. And it could have just been easily one of us with all the amount of pain we've done and all the damage we've had and et cetera, et cetera. But you know, it's, it's cool to be able to reconnect, but but this year's going by without talking and stuff has got to stop. I agree. Chavs, I love you, man.
3: I love you too, man. Thank you for having on me.
0: Hey, so you're going to notice a little bit of a, of a change in sound quality. What happened was we were right in the middle of the, of, of this amazing story that Chavo was telling about basically the the day that, that Chris Benoit passed away. And there was a bunch of people in the Podcast One studios, and our conversation was going so good that basically we had gone overtime, and we were getting kicked out of the studio. So all day long, it's been bothering me that we didn't get a chance to really finish off the interview properly, so I thought it'd be cool for Chavo to call back and just continue on with what we were talking about. So there is a difference in sound quality, and now you know the reason why. Chavs, thanks for calling back, man.
1: Yeah, no, heck yeah, any time, brother, for sure. So, so and, and my sound quality still sounds just as amazing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so basically what we're talking about is, you know, you had this, this, you know, the, the, finally the mystery of what had happened to, to Benoit had revealed. Uh, you're, right. you're, you're telling Vince McMahon, what are we doing? And of course, now no one really knows what has happened. What was it like for you in the aftermath of of you know finding out the horrible tragedy and finding out the reasons on why you know why the family was basically dead. how was it for you, you know, knowing Chris as good as you did
1: Well we went from you know being at a super show and of course having to rewrite the whole show and dedicating it to Chris Benoit not knowing what happened yet Every, there were no there were no details out yet right so as we knew it we just failed we were gone and we don't know why we don't know what happened was a foul play what happened? So they dedicated the show to, to Chris and they asked, of course, if I wanted to, if I, if I just wanted to go home, I said, no, I, I want to wrestle. I want to wrestle. To me, that's like my, uh, my, just, you know, my release, you yeah. know? So, uh, I got in and wrestled and then on the way back, my dad was on the show. We drove and I'm driving to um, I don't know, Houston, San Antonio for the, for the next show for SmackDown or whatever it was. And, uh. We were driving, and, uh, you know, the way they ended the show, if you remember, they ended the show, which was an incredible moment, was they sh- they ended the show with with Eddie and, and Chris and the WrestleMania moment. Right. Where they both, you know, won the heavyweight championship at WrestleMania, and they ended WrestleMania with those two in the ring with all the confetti coming down and everything. That's how they ended that that, that tribute show. So, I mean, what an incredible moment, man. We were just like, wow, was, that was She's you know we're talking about tears flowing, man. It's yeah. crazy. So then the next day, we get to I believe it was San Antonio, and then all of a sudden we start hearing details of what happened. Mm-hmm. And now we're like, like what? Whoa, 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 whoa! What's going on? This, this, this is this is wrong. This is not right. This he did not murder his wife and his son and kill himself. Something right. is not adding up. You know, now things are coming out, so now all of a sudden, you know, WWE starts, you know,
2: we go
1: backpedaling a little bit and going, okay, you know, well, we, weren't, uh, we weren't aware of the circumstances and this kind of stuff. And right then, that's when they start dismissing themselves from, you know, from the legacy of Chris Benoit,
2: hmm. which
1: you don't blame them. You really can't be associated with that. But it's just so, it's sad and, you know, so hurtful for me and to the fans to see that he's not even recognized for his, so many of his incredible accomplishments. But totally understanding the way you know you just you know you
2: can't associate yourself with
0: that. You well, I mean, he um, to... he he almost brought the whole business down. If you remember, there was a huge yes. backlash. Uh, once again, I I wasn't. It was interesting for me, just as weird timing. I wasn't working for the company when Eddie passed away, nor when Chris passed away. But right. I remember I, much like you did. I called Vince and was like, "What happened?" And he's like, "I don't know." And I was like, "Was everything that Chris stood for a lie?" Like I couldn't fathom it. And right. that's why I said, listen, I want to come and go on some of these shows because we're hearing a lot of, of, of BS about Chris and about the right. business, right. and I kind of went on Larry King and, and you know uh, I remember Gre- that Greta and, and Nancy Grace and, and on behalf yeah. of, of the company, on behalf of Chris, but it was it was it, you know to, to try and grasp that and what he had done, knowing him, it took me a long time. I remember I called you on the phone, I called Dean, I called Regal, Penzer. We were all
1: trying to figure it out. We were yeah. Trying- to put it together, but this is not
0: the guy we know. Right. You know, it was interesting because I remember Regal um, on, on that tribute. He was the one guy that kind of... He did. He wasn't gushing. like. Remember where everyone else was like, Chris is the best and yeah. so much respect, and Regal was like, well, you know, he was, he was a, a great performer in the ring, and whatever happened, happened. There was some kind of weird thing there. He knew something had gone wrong that yeah. night, and maybe because he lived in, in Peachtree City in Atlanta with Chris, but... You know, how was it for you, though, I mean, going on forward, you know, one month, two months, three months, within the course of like, I don't know, 18 months, you had lost your two riding partners, your, your best friends in Eddie and Chris. Was it hard for you to stay on the road at that point in time? How did you how did you get over that, man? You know, you know what?
1: I remember I remember being on the phone, uh, being at home. And all of a sudden I had confided in, in, uh, in Undertaker once before, in, in Mark and Taker. Yeah. he's a very, very good personal friend, you know. And uh, uh, I feel bad because I've cried on the guy's shoulder probably three or four different times. Yeah. And uh, you know, when Eddie died, of course. But then when Chris died, man, when Eddie died, I felt like you know he was out of pain now, and you know he's in a better place, and I just felt that okay, he's it's okay. Well, Chris, I didn't, just because of the circumstances. I was like questioning myself and questioning. Life in general. I was really questioning what What does this all matter? What does it matter? Right, put butt off to be the one of the best wrestlers in the world, if not the best wrestler of the world. You know, to be a good father and a good husband and a good friend and a good person, and then all of a sudden it was gone in in an instant. And everything that he worked for, everything that we all work for, what does it mean? It was, I was searching, and no joke, bro. I, I get choked up about it right now, and I, I seriously do. But I was searching for the meaning of life. I really, really was, mm-hmm. and I was—I—I I, I didn't know where to turn, bro. But I was, you know, besides getting on my knees and and praying, you know, I—I called—I I called, I called uh, Baker, man, and he and he really helped me through it a lot, bro. It, it was, oh god, it was. Well, you know, it was a—it was a dark, a very, very dark time in my life, man, because I was. There was so much that I that. It, there was no answers. There was no answers to my questions.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What? Why are we here? What does this all mean? What does it all matter? What right. does it matter if I'm, you know, producing for my family and trying to be the best person I can be? It's like, what does? What did it all matter? Yeah, did it didn't even matter. I, it took me a while to come to realization and, and come back to earth and start seeing. Okay, yes, it does matter. There's a reason why I'm doing what I'm doing and all this stuff, and sometimes you may not know it, but you know God has a plan for us all. You know that it was man, it was it was tough, bro. I'm sure you went through the whole the same thing. Just because I was there on the road in WWE, still wrestling, you were at home going through the same thing without that support system, bro. So I, I feel for you. It,
0: it was tough because, like you said, I you know. I didn't have the support system, and like we discussed earlier, I hadn't been able to get a hold of Chris for a while. And he had pulled those classic Houdini moments where he had called me and said, "You know, he, you know." He called me and went, "Listen, I'm up for the rest of the night. Give me a call when you can." And I had been doing, you know, whatever, putting gas in the tank and calling back two minutes later, and there's nothing. And I call him again, and there's nothing. And I hadn't talked to him in about six months. In the morning that all the yeah. stuff went down, he, he had called me at, at, on Saturday morning, and I was playing with my son, so I didn't, I didn't pick up the phone. I called him back a couple hours later, and, of course, then it was all radio silence. But, you know, I always had that, that feeling in the back of my head. Like you, know, like you said with Eddie, like what if I would have got there earlier? Like what if I would have picked up the phone what on that day? His,
1: what if I would have gone to his room, to Eddie's room that night when he really needed to talk to me? Yeah. And, and, and you know, what? What was he going to tell me?
0: You know, right? Like, and for me, like, what if I would have picked up the phone on that Saturday morning, when and who knows, he might have already, you know, killed Nancy at that point. I don't know the timeline; none of us do. But what if that was his last-ditch effort? Like, I don't know. I'm going to call Jericho. Maybe, you know. And I wasn't there, and it took me a long time to get over that because, because, like you said, I wasn't with you. I wasn't with Dean. You know, I remember Johnny Ace calling my house that night, and you know, do you want to say any words? And I was like, I told my wife, don't even. Tell them to to, to F off. You know, I don't want to talk to anybody. The only one I wanted to talk to was you or Dean because because we were the gang. And I didn't want to talk to anybody. Like you said, I didn't like what's what do you do? Because everything yep. we believed in, like I said, here's a guy who you could put up with a hundred other guys you say, I trust him the most. If I was in a right. foxhole, I want him on my side. And suddenly this guy, whole thing He happens. was a
1: guy that didn't let anybody in but let us in. Right. He we was the privileged ones that he let in. Us and a few other people. That's really the truth. Who are you going to talk to about him at, at WWE? Who? Nobody else. Nobody really knew him like we knew him.
0: You know who's living large at my house? My three cats. Mr. Mittens, Indy, and Snickers. And you know why? Because we switched them to pretty litter. Okay, so it's really me and my wife and my daughters who are living large thanks to pretty litter. Because pretty litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly, so no more bad cat smells in the bathroom. Pretty litter crystals last up to a month, so less cat litter box cleaning for all of us, and less fighting about whose turn it is to clean the litter box. I gotta deal with this fight. Every single week, between my daughters, this makes it so much easier. Pretty Litter also ships right to our front door, so no more last-minute mad scramble runs to the store because we're out of kitty litter. And Pretty Litter has another cool feature that makes life just a little easier. It helps us keep tabs on our cat's health. It changes colors so you can monitor early signs of potential illnesses like urinary tract infections and kidney issues. It's easily the best thing we've done for ourselves and our cats in a very long time, Like I said, Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. Those are two big wins in my house, meow. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. So go to prettylitter.com slash Jericho and use code Jericho to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash Jericho. Code Jericho to save 20%. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Talk is Hawk is talk is Jericho. Back with Talk is Jericho. Uh, we're just talking about the, the the last few days of Chris Benoit's life and the aftermath, and finally we get over it. How, how long did you stay in the WWE after Chris passed away? Were you there for a long time after? <sighs>
1: Yeah, well, how, what year did he pass away? I almost, I almost block it out of my mind. I know the date exactly when Eddie passed away. You know, uh, yeah. November 13, thousand and five.
0: Five. Chris was two thousand June, yeah. June or so of two thousand and seven.
1: I don't even know that date because I, I don't want to know that date. That's a black, like yeah, a black, it's a black, black day of of for my, us of man. my life. I don't really want to know that day. Or the year. I just, I just want to black it out. Um, I, I guess I left in, in two thousand. Twelve, I believe, I was there. Oh wow! The so you were there years. for a
0: long time after then. Yeah,
1: yeah, I was there another four years probably.
0: I wasn't aware I was it was that long. Years. I was. Was it yeah. ever? Was it ever hard for you to show up at a? I remember after Eddie died, Chris would tell me like it was hard for me to go to an arena because I'd think, oh, here we are in St. Louis, and this is where Eddie and I did this. Or was it hard for you to, to 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 come to some of those places afterwards, or were you pretty much able to get on once you once you got closure, once you got over it? When
1: Eddie died, it was hard to go to a hotel room, man. It was really hard. Mm-hmm. But you know it was really hard. It was, you know, with Chris too. It was it was hard because my friend wasn't there. My riding partner wasn't there. My my brother wasn't there. Another mm, one. Right. You know they weren't there. So it was like, all right, you know, you go there kind of like a lost puppy a little bit and kind of you, yeah. know, you pretend everything's okay. And, and and you know people look at you with them sad eyes and you know and you just pretend everything's okay. And you do you you do show up and you still go because. You know, you do have mouth to feed and kids to put through college and that kind of stuff. But, you know, there was a while for me to, to find myself again. It, it really was. You know, <laughs> and then, you know, you know, you go to WWE the, the, uh, or any wrestling organization, when you, you're on the road that long, you just start losing track of time and before you know it, you're... You're 50 and you, you can't wrestle anymore.
0: Yeah, you know? and you got nothing else going on, you know. And, right. and you know, and, and speaking of which, I mean, I know you spent some time in TNA. You just recently ended your your yeah. time there. Um, yeah. what, what, just quickly, what was the big difference between working with with TNA and WWE? Very,
1: very, very big difference. Well, um, locker room, especially when I first got to TNA, locker room was, was great. There's not wasn't a lot of stress. There was really you could kind of. It was kind of like the old WCW uh, mentality, or, yeah. or in the locker room that that locker room would feel to where there really wasn't there wasn't that pressure on you, you know, yeah. you know we just go out and do what we wanted to do anyway. and 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 i was I was at the point in my career that i that you know i was I was confident in myself and I you know I could hang with anybody I felt and there no problem um, but then at the same time, there wasn't that pressure there wasn't that 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 uh, you know uh, pressure to go perform and to uh steal the show and all that kind of stuff and even though I felt that you know a lot of people just you just you just go through the motions because you feel like sometimes they didn't care so you sometimes you're just like all right just, I'll go right the motion there too well I, I can't do that but you know you, you see that a little bit
0: mm-hmm. you know? absolutely absolutely
1: so, so that, that was the difference it, 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 nothing no, not the negativity about any of them because for me man I, I, I hope the best for all organizations I want these guys to succeed because it's better for the fans it's better for the wrestlers it's better for competition for the organizations it's better for everybody really. absolutely the,
0: the, the but, more know, the more places there are for the boys to work the better it is for the boys yeah
1: you're pulling for all these people you know you really you really are so you know my, i had a short tenure there you know about, about just over a sober year you know and it got to the point where i every time i was going to work with all the other things that i had going on i kind of was, was losing money hmm. and losing opportunities right you know uh, I, I don't i don't need to build my my wrestling brand anymore it's built you know, yes. I got it. My family has been over 75 years in the wrestling business, uh, building this brand, you know, so we're, you know, North throughout the world, for wrestling that I wasn't going to get any bigger. You know, I was done. The brand was built. They people knew me that that was good. You know, I, I was done. So right. that's why I've kind of moved, really moved on. And, uh, you know, you're not like you, you're not saying that you're, you, you know, you're not going to wrestle because wrestling's in our heart, wrestling's...
0: It's in, in our, our blood, blood. That's, that's
1: right. It. Yeah, we love it so much, and it can be such a great business, and it can be... There's no feeling like it in the world, there's no high in the world, get in front of a, a big crowd and and really just, you know, give them that five-star match and have sure. to put them on that roller coaster, you know? So, it's always there. It's just, you know, sometimes, you, I would say this, you, you have to plan your exit strategy in wrestling. Because someone's going to plan it for you. Either Rustin's going to plan it or you're going to plan it. Yeah. And if Rustin plans it, you're not going to like it.
0: <laughs> that's a good you know? point. It's going to happen yeah, either way.
1: Yeah. You can only borrow – it's just like that, that ability. If it's is a young man's business. And you can really only borrow it for a short time.
2: And mm-hmm. then
0: you got to
1: give it back, you know. And, and you can give it back on your terms or their terms, you know. And,
0: that's and right. That's
1: I, I admire you a lot because you're doing, you, you've done it on your terms, you know. And that's something that, you know uh, – a lot of the Russians well, they don't do. They they do it on wrestling's on terms. Just you just had
0: right. you just had a great quote where you said, you know, the basically the end is coming and either you plan it yourself or wrestling yeah. plans it for you and if wrestling plans it for you you kinda get left, you know, outside yeah. holding the bag. Now, I mean obviously I know some of the stuff that you got going on. We're actually even doing some work together in some businesses. That's right. That's right. What what else do you have going on? I, I know you're doing some acting. Uh have you're you doing some movies that are coming?
1: Yeah, yeah, just I just finished a movie right now called uh, Fight to the Finish, and it's a uh, uh, M- MMA movie, and I play uh, a a uh, crooked trainer, you know, for the MMA guys. <laughs>
2: yeah, hey, yeah, Guerrero's light sheet. Yes, light-
0: that's right, light so, Lied cheat and steal, right? Right? Lied, sheet and steel, right? Light sheet and steel. Right,
2: right. <laughs> yeah, so
1: that that was uh, that's one, and, and you no, know, I've kind of created a partnership with uh, my buddy uh, MMA fighter uh, Rampage Jackson. Oh yeah, Rampage Jackson. Yep. We uh, we live really close to each other, and uh, you know we've known each other for a little bit. And, uh, our kids have played in the same you know uh, football team and stuff like that. But uh, we've kind of created this partnership to where we, we both realize that we like hanging out with each other, we like having fun, and uh, we hit we both hit a different demographic. Yes. So. We're doing some projects together, which is some uh, possible reality show stuff, some possible movies. You know, in Hollywood, there's a lot of possibilities. Possible this, possible that. <laughs> yeah, you know, everybody loves you. Yeah, you're the greatest. You know, <laughs> you're right? Yeah. But,
0: you, so, every meeting you ever have, you walk out. They love you. They love you. Uh,
1: I know. I know. My wife started so many different times. Poor girl. She's like, I don't believe anything, especially because of wrestling and all the,
2: well, yeah.
1: the, the, the steam they blow up your butt. Uh, and That. that she doesn't believe it until the check is in the, is in is, the bank, and it's cash.
0: And it's cash, that's right. <laughs> and
1: it's cash. Yeah, for real, because you've got checks in, in the mail or to the bank, and I was like, what? There's no funds to cover that. What? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, that, that's you know what we're kind of going to go through right now. There's a, a possible fight league that we're actually wow. doing together also. We have a lot of things going
0: There's- on. There's so many possibilities when you walk away from kind of the confining world of wrestling, isn't there?
1: Yeah, no, for sure. You know, and that's one thing that wrestling wants you to believe is that you, you really, you need wrestling. There's mm-hmm, no life mm-hmm. outside of wrestling. Really, that's why they they really want you to believe that. You no, know, and for some people, you know, there's if there's life. It's just not in wrestling. It's not in the Hollywood life. You know, right. okay, whatever. You have to be okay with that. And, and with us, you know, we've been we've been so long that there's there is so many different possibilities out there. And you know, with me, I have a whole, uh, you know, a whole Hispanic culture behind me. Yeah. You know? And there was there was a time when I kind of realized, and I didn't realize it at first because you know you're just you know working, living your dream, and you know feeding your family. Well, I had uh, I don't know how many times people come up to me and hug me and say, "Hey, thank you for what you're doing for for la raza," you know, for, for mm-hmm. the Hispanic culture, for the Latinos. And I'm like. hey, man, I'm just feeding my family. They said, no, no, you don't understand. We don't have anybody. We don't have people in Hollywood. We don't have people in sports. We don't have people in NFL. We have very, very few people, and for you representing, you know, we appreciate it, and we're behind you, and that really got me thinking, and that's really a big reason why I left WWE, and I was like, it's yeah. not just me anymore, you know, and whether I like it or not, it's kind of been, you know, put on upon me, but you have to accept it. It's There's a whole, you know, culture kind of behind you. Depending on you, you yeah. You. Yeah, you know, and, and I'm not saying you know, that, you know, you're their hero. I got you, but not, you're, not, you're, you're representing...
0: It's the same thing Absolutely. for me even you know being Canadian it's like right you you go anywhere and it's like ah oh, Jericho's Canadian all right and you know, I'm from Winnipeg in the middle of the country and you know Newfoundland is 5000 miles away but people still treat right. me as a hometown here cuz you're a Canadian we you know we're, we're a minority just like you north and south of the border man that's right, A and Way Connection. A-N-way right? connection. Let me ask you a question. Just something popped in my head, and I don't know if you've ever yeah. thought about this. I know you have two uh, almost teenage sons; they're, they're big boys. Uh, yep. ha- have they ever expressed any interest into getting into wrestling? And if they haven't, does it ever cross your mind that this could be the end of the Guerrero family in, in, in wrestling?
1: Yeah, you know what? We we talked about that a lot, and um, although you know they love wrestling, going and watching me wrestle and all that kind of stuff, they're, they're not. I made sure that I didn't. Live, breathe, and eat wrestling, like, right? Like it was when I grew up, and the only reason being that it's you know back. The reason my family did it was because they were involved in wrestling for everything. They you know took tickets, they've set up rings, they've they yeah. popcorns, they've wrestled, <laughs> they've they've done everything. That's just the way it was. It was a family was really, business. Yes, yes. You know, even though they didn't expect me to go into it, you know, I knew I always was what I was going to. My kids, I got home and I, I tried not to. Bring wrestling soul with me, even though you know it's always on your mind. Yes, you know I don't know how many wrestling moves I've I've thought about in my head, and then i a sudden find my wife. Hey, baby, come here. Let me, let me let me try this on you. You know, and she's like, "What are you doing?" You know, of course I didn't do it hard on her, but I was like, like uh you know, you know, I put a hold on her. I was like, "Okay, that's how you do it." You know, okay, I yeah, just
0: it. try it out. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because it's always on your mind. So I really tried hard to separate myself. And when I came home, I wasn't you know Chavo Guerrero the. The wrestler, I was just you were Sal, you were Sal Guerrero. Yeah, 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 exactly. I was just that guy, you know that 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 came home and you know my job was on TV or whatever. You know, I I, I don't believe the hype. I don't get into that, all that, and you yeah. know, I don't want to lose my identity in wrestling or in Hollywood or whatever. And you know, if you're not careful, it will consume you, it's and easy. then without it, you're 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 lost. You have no identity, right? And I've seen it. I've seen a hundred times. And I, I I didn't want to be that person, you know. So um, with my kids, man, I I told them. If this is what you want, okay, fine. You bring me a degree, and then we'll talk.
0: Uh, I'll smart. train you guys
1: if you want. But, um, you know, now you really, you really do need to have a degree out there for, for anything. Yeah. You know, the, the times have changed. Uh, but, you know, the, like my oldest son wants to be a pro football player, and my youngest <laughs> son wants to be a chef. So I'm like, all right, cool, whatever <laughs> you guys want to do. Hey, chefs I, got I
0: more know, TV time nowadays than wrestlers do.
1: Right, right, <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, we're, I'm friends with, you know, Robert Irvine and uh, yeah. friends with uh, yeah Guy Fieri from, you know, years back and stuff. And say so we're super good friends, but, you know, we know each other. Right. His wife was a good friend of mine. And uh, um, I, I use them as examples. And I said, look, look, these are, look at these cool guys, man. This You know, you don't have to just cook and be this.
0: <laughs> he can be know, a character, something.
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, look at these guys. They're cool, tough guys, and they're cooks. Yeah. And uh, they're like, oh, my, you know, my youngest son's like, yeah oh, yeah, it's cool, it's cool. You know, but uh, whatever they want to do, you know, I always tell them, <laughs> It doesn't really matter. You just gotta, you gotta give yeah. it your all. You don't I mean, put, you, you don't, to, you, know,
0: you don't put pressure on them. Going, if you don't go into wrestling, the Guerrero dynasty is over.
1: No, no, I mean, <laughs> you just can't. That's too much pressure. No, you know, there's so so many totally. second and third generation wrestlers that are out of work. Yeah, that never, that never made it. That you know, that could have been very good or worked good and just never got that break. You've a hundred of them. Or just and,
0: didn't have the affinity for it and were kind of forced into it. You look like a guy like David Flair or Chris Von Erich, like, you know, yeah, Dean yeah. Hart. Those guys just weren't weren't good. They weren't ready for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know? yeah.
1: And it's, and it's a very, very hard business. You know, as you know, it's one of those, I would say this analogy, it's such a great business for young guys. Say, Go travel the world and make some money and stuff. But then all of a sudden, you know, you get married and you have kids and, now what do I do? I'm trapped. How do I yeah, get out?
0: Exactly. And,
1: and sometimes that's what wrestling wants. They want you to feel that way that you're trapped, that you can't get out that You owe that they have, they owe, they hold all those cards.
0: You got nowhere to go if you've got no leverage. You're in trouble. That's you know? what I do
1: it. And you know what? I was in Spain one time, and I I took my wife. It was probably one of my last WWE trips, overseas trips. It was my last one. I knew it was coming to an end. I knew it that I was yeah. getting ready to leave. So I took her with me and went to Spain. We went to France, and I ended up. Um, I was at a. a, a restaurant in, in Spain and probably got recognized, and not because of, they didn't know Rusty was there. I probably got recognized 15 times, and mm. I was like, okay, dude, my, my brand is built. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't need it. You know, you know thank God, Vincent and, and the WWE, heads, thank you for investing all this money into me, and then you're not going to use me, so now I'm going to leave. <laughs> <You
0: know? laughs> well, let me ask you one more question. Uh, g- yeah. Gun to head, favorite match of all time. Does one pop in your head?
1: Favorite match. You know how many times we've been asked this question, favorite match? You know, probably one of my favorite matches, you know, there's so many different people in the, you know, it'd be Benoit, it'd be Mysterio, it'd be Eddie. It'd SmackDown be 6.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, SmackDown 6, all those. But some of our favorite matches are some that, that have never been on TV, that right. have only been on house shows. Yeah. Because on TV, you know, if you're on TV, you, you get, um, you only get a certain amount of time. Like yeah. you got to fit it in 10 minutes or 15 minutes, you know, and but a house shows, a lot of times you've just gone, you know, gone 20, 25 minutes or whatever you yes. because you've allowed, you've been allowed to, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and your hands aren't tied and, you know, um, sometimes those are my favorite matches, you know, so, uh, man, I, I can't say my favorite, I, I so some stand out, I remember one time, real quick, we were at, um, we were on a tour in Europe and this is when that, that, um, a tornado went off, well, not tornado, the volcano went off like in Iceland or That's whatever, right, yeah. and we couldn't fly back, both tour, SmackDown and Raw were, were in Europe, and we couldn't fly home. We we were stuck and we couldn't fly at all. So we were still hitting major towns in different and different countries by bus.
2: Mm-hmm. So we were
1: on buses for twenty eight hours, you know, or, you know, we'd leave one town at the after the show and stay on the bus until the showtime of the next uh, of Yeah, until
2: the, the next, next show, next right?
1: Night. So that's what happened. So we were we were going to like Levin, France. First time we'd ever been there. I believe that's that's the name. I I'm, I'm saying it wrong, then I apologize. Mm-hmm. But the show was supposed to start at seven. We're um, it was the first time we we're there. Sold out place. We can't cancel. We're still an hour and a half away, and you're on you're on the bus going. Okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna make this. And they're saying okay, and we have to be out of the arena by a certain amount of time because we have the ferries closed down to go to Scotland. Yes. the next country. So we only had a certain amount of time in there. So okay, we got Okay, we got to get out of here. So next thing you know, the the bus pulls over, and I know my agent whoever it was, um, you know, Dean or or, or fit goes, okay, hey, uh Chavo, Evan and a trainer and the ref. Get your stuff and go outside. We're like, what are we talking about? So all of a sudden a police escort and a little um, you know, uh, Mercedes Minivan pulls up. We're in uh Europe so it's Mercedes Minivan <laughs> as opposed to a Mazda. We pull up and um you know, get in the car, you guys are gonna be the first match. Just go until we get there. All right. So we so they speed off, and we got. We're going 100 miles an hour, 115 miles an hour to get get to to France because we had the right. bus wasn't going to make it on time. So we speed, and we get there. We change it in. We changed in, the, in the car as soon as we got there. We, we went on, and you know, of course, the show started probably 45 minutes late. So we get there, and they said, "Just keep going until until somebody comes know, until, the, until the bus comes until we saw so you stop." <laughs> so me and Evan went. We probably went 40 minutes. You know, and and we're just killing it. You know, and yeah. you know Evan Bourne. He's like, uh, there's nobody like Ray Mysterio. Ray Mysterio is a one and the only.
2: Yeah,
0: and
1: no one will ever be like him. And I, I get so pissed off when everybody says, "Oh, he's the next Ray Mysterio."
0: Yeah, no one of a yes, kind.
1: There's one Ray Mysterio. Well, Evan is the closest thing to it. Yeah, and I'm not joking. That guy's awesome. He can do so many, so many different things. And so we got in the ring. We just had great chemistry, and you know, he was such a you know a great student, if you want to call it. Just really let me. Call everything and go for it, and just reacted so good. And we were like forty minutes until finally they're like, "Okay, the bus is here. We can take it home." So we ended up taking it home, finishing up, and all the rest of the matches were like five minutes, you know, <laughs> that's right, you know yeah. eight minutes. You know, John Cena, the the the, the champ, comes out and he goes, uh, you know, he, he, there's going like seven minutes because they had we had to go. We had to yeah,
0: you got to split. Yeah, that's yeah. A...
1: That that was definitely one of them. But you have time for another one, real quick.
0: You lay it on me, man.
1: Okay, so uh, here's another one. First time. Really, really the first time Raw is going back to Mexico City in right. a long time. Yes. So, so they add, me and Ray Mysterio had a big feud at the time.
2: Mm-hmm. So they
1: add me and Ray from the SmackDown crew, SmackDown wrestlers, to the Raw show. To, to, you know, for the same people. Right. So, um, Booker T, being the awesome guy that he is, he pulls this man aside and he goes, Hey, I think he's not even on the show. He's on SmackDown. This mm-hmm. is a raw show. He mm-hmm. goes, I think Chavo and Ray should be the main event. And, 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 wow. yep, you're right. You're right. You know what? You're right. So for two weeks before this, we're the main event. We're the main event. We're the main event. And sure enough, the day before we leave, Johnny Ace calls me and says, Hey, okay, man, you guys are the main event. So we really need you to tear it down. I say, ah, no problem. No problem. We get to the show. And now we're the match before intermission.
2: Hmm.
1: And I'm like, okay, what, what's going on with this? So Art explains it a little bit to me and basically says, hey, you know, guys, you know, they, it's a raw show. We can't have, you know, the champion, whoever, well, I think John Cena was the champion at the time, can't be the. <laughs>
0: and this is in Mexico you know, City, the main, the basically Mexico City. home of Rey Mysterio and
1: yeah. your lineage. Yeah, yeah, I mean, my lineage, yeah. So we can't have him not be the main event. And I'm like, all right, all right, if you want to call it, okay, whatever. That's cool. So, um, so uh me and Ray, I look at Ray, and I said, That's it, bro, we're stealing it and he looked at me and goes, Yep. So, all right. So we go out there right before the main event and and I'm right before intermission and this probably like the fourth match or fifth match. Yeah. And in the front, in the front row is all of their stars. Ultimate dragon, all of them wearing masking suits, you know, Ultimate oh, Dragon, he cool. Santo, uh, you know, Phantasmal, you know, Pinch Ghost. All those guys <laughs> <laughs> all those guys are right there in the front row, man, and they're all watching us. So I come out, you know, I'm the heel, you know, they blew the heck out of me, it was awesome. Ray comes out, and he's, I mean, he comes out with the whole, the headdress, the Aztec headdress, the whole yeah. thing, and I'm like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> you know, he comes out all the time. they're going crazy for him. Well, it was just one of those nights, bro, and in Mexico City, you know, it's very thin air, it's a mile up, you have no air, so some of you blow up really fast, you get tired really fast, well... It was just one of those nights, you know, stars all aligned, right? Yeah. You know, God bless us, man. And me and Ray tore it down, bro. We tore it down. We went probably 25 minutes. And this is the first time they, these people were so alive. It was crazy. So as we get done, we come to the curtain. Everybody's everybody's watching. Everybody's clapping. Val Venus, all the fans, all the, all the uh
0: Everyone backstage, was like, all the boys. Going,
1: oh my God! What a match! That was incredible! That what a match! Wow! That was so good. Except for John Cena, <laughs> was the main event. He was <laughs> the main event. He didn't say a word to us. Yeah, because we thought, of course. You know, well, so when we came through, we were like, you know, me and Ray were like, you know, hey, follow that one, MFers. You
2: yeah. Know?
1: We actually, you know, you know that, you know, follow that. You don't want to put us in the main event? Okay, follow it. Yeah. And and then uh, um, you know, DX was on the show and and. Uh, they never said, they didn't say a word to us.
2: Typical. Not one word.
1: Not not like, hey, good job. Hey, yeah. Nothing. No, not one word. Not not even, hey, how was it out there? Nothing. Just a total ignore.
2: Yeah, I typical. Was like, you know
1: what? Just pick it up your ass, bro. I don't really care. At that time, I was like, you know, if anybody can follow it, you guys can follow it. You guys are so freaking good and <laughs> so over. And don't even pull that BS in me that you guys are mad. You're mad now all of a sudden that we, we tore it down for yeah. these people? We're not tearing it down just to shove it in your face. We're tearing it down for these, for these fans and giving them what they want. That's right. That's what we're doing. Well, then, the only one of the like, the main event guy, you know, was Edge. Edge was in the main event against John Cena.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
1: bro, and Edge pulled us aside and was like, oh, my God, that was one of the best matches I've ever seen. You guys were tearing, wow. And, you know, Edge being the guy that he is,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I was like, man, brother, thank go that, you know, and I was good friends with him before. I became really good friends with him and got a whole new respect for that guy. And of course, he went down and tore it down.
2: Right in the main event,
1: he went down and tore it down because that's the kind of guy he knows what a performer he is and how good he can be out there. You know, the... and, and there was no need for it. You know, but yeah. we were like, I, I really don't care. Whatever, I don't care. So well... the next night, the next night we were in we were in Guadalajara, and we were at uh, um, Vicente Santo Fernandez uh, uh, his big arena there,
2: right? Yeah.
1: So. Uh, all of a sudden, Arne goes, "Hey, Chavo, Ray, can I talk to you guys?" I'm like, "All right, are we in trouble?" So I, I put the gorilla face on, and I and I got I went right. In. I went into that office thinking I was going to fight Arne Anderson. No joke. <laughs> I thought I thought that he, if he was going to yell at us for, for for tearing the house down, I was going to freaking punch him in the face. <laughs> I'm not kidding you, bro. I was. I was, I was oh, I know. I know,
0: dude. I know I was, your temper. i was
1: staring right at him, and he goes. Hey boys, just you know, you know Arno. Hey boys, just just wanted to let you know. Maybe I didn't make myself clear say The only reason you guys went to the main event was was because he, and he explained it to me really good and all that type of stuff. And uh, and I and I was like, oh okay, no problem. So I, I was thrown off. You know, I didn't I didn't know which Arne I was going to get. You know. Yeah. I was kind of thrown off, kind of like, oh shit, you know. And, and if you know, Arn, yeah, he, he's not gonna lay. He's he's country. He's he can, not gonna lay down. He's yeah, gonna, he's he can gonna be. Bike. He
0: can be. He can be a mean, a mean dude he's when a, he wants to be. He's a,
1: he's a tough. He's a tough guy. He really is one hand or not. He, was, he was, <laughs> yeah, so he's right. not gonna lay down for anybody.
0: That's right. So
1: uh, I didn't. I didn't know, you know. So, and after I felt good, okay. And after I came out. Ray looks at me, and you know, Ray such a nice guy, he's a big guy. He looks at me, and goes, y- you you were you were ready to go, huh? And I said. Was that obvious? And he says, yeah, I know you. And if anybody knows us, Ray does. He looked at me and was like,
0: yeah, I, I could tell. So we were <laughs> like,
1: I was like, huh? well, hey, you know, I'm stood up for what I believed in, you know. Compassion is what it's called, compassion.
0: Yes, the Latino yeah. heat, man. Well, like you said, the, 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 the politics of wrestling uh, will never yeah, go yeah, yeah. away. But right. Eddie himself told me this, that he said his dad told him, you know, the cream always rises to the top and the marquee says wrestling. And if you can wrestle... You'll always that's have a right. job, and that's you'll it. always do good, and that's something I learned from the Grows, and I, and I learned from you. And, and like I said, man, I just had the best time talking with you today. We've been through all all the gamuts of emotions, man. But but you're my brother; you always have been, and you know I love you, man. I'm really happy that we got to do this today,
1: bro. I appreciate, it, bro. It was such an awesome time connecting with you, man, and uh, talking old times, and it kind of feels like old times, man. And, uh, it does. You know, I, lo- I love you, man, with all my heart, brother. You're a, you're a brother from a different mother. You really are. You really are, man. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm so glad that you're, uh, you know, doing what you're doing and chasing it. And, uh, you know, you, you're uh, an inspiration to a lot of the wrestlers, bro. You really are. You're to me, you know, I, I, I do look up to you, man, and not, you know, you're not kissing Thanks. your butt. Like I really do, you know. I just want to jump into a jacuzzi with you and throw in a toaster. Or something.
0: <laughs> we got a whole other—that's a whole other episode we can do, man. And, Hey, we're bu- we're business partners now, man. So, uh, right. it's great to talk to you. Like I said, Chavs, and I'll be talking to you soon. All right.
1: For sure, for sure. All right, brother. All right, buddy, man. To all the fans out there, hey, viva la raza! Thanks for supporting the Guerrero Family and Chavo. There's a whole lot more coming my
0: way and your way. All right, I'm still going to answer one of your questions coming up. In a fast-paced world. Thanks again to Chavo Guerrero, an amazing interview and uh, very emotional, but such a great friend and and my brother. Really interesting uh, conversation about Chris Benoit and uh, the last few days of of his life. Uh, I am really interested in the whole brain uh, concussion tau explanations and the uh, reasons that that make uh, people do very crazy, strange things. And I'm going to have on the show in a few weeks Chris Nowinski from the Sports Legacy Institute. He was an ex-WWE wrestler that had to retire because of a concussion and started this amazing uh, foundation, this amazing uh, research group that has revolutionized the studies of concussions in, in athletes. So look forward to that and look forward to your questions as I always do for the first time ever, instead of taking questions from at Talk is Jericho on the Twitter, I took questions live on the phone. I'm going to do that again this week. It worked out so well. I'm going to take Will's call, first and foremost. Hello, Will. How are you doing? Hi, Chris. Hey, where are you from, Will? Uh, I'm in Kingston, Ontario.
1: Ah, uh, Fellow Canadian, eh? That's pretty cool, eh? Exactly, eh?
0: All right, man. What's your question?
1: Well, actually, I've been listening to the podcast a lot on the treadmill lately. OK, gym, trying to uh, keep working out during these awful Canadian winters. Right. Um, so the podcast has been great for that. I'm just wondering, you know, when you're not really feeling up to it or you have to dig down a little deep, what you use for inspiration or what you uh, what you key in on to keep yourself going?
0: Well, um, first of all, thanks for calling in. It's interesting uh, the kind of the uh, how podcasts have revolutionized people in the gym or people traveling on the train, on a car. It uh, gives you kind of something to focus on while you're doing it. But for me, inspiration uh, in the gym or to do yoga, it basically is just uh, how my body feels, to be honest with you. And, and I actually looking in the mirror, um, I kind of have a pretty strict diet and a pretty strict workout regimen, which is mostly based around yoga, DDP yoga, which I talk about all the time. I just did talk about it. And uh, if I feel that I'm getting a little bit um, lumpy or soft, that gives me more inspiration. If my body is hurting me, that gives me inspiration to get in there. Um, so I think that's I think that's the best, the best inspiration is just how do you feel about yourself when you look in the mirror. And if you're feeling a little bit chubby or a little bit soft, wear a really super tight shirt around the house that doesn't quite fit and it'll get so annoying that you want to get in the gym and, and work out even more so. So I think it's basically just based on your own perceptions and your own feelings. Great. Cool, man. Well, good luck and thanks, thanks. for listening. Great. Thanks, Chris. All right, next we got Andrew on the line. How are you doing, Andrew? Doing good, sir. How are you doing? Good, man. Where are you from? Uh, San Antonio, Texas. All right, Texas. I love San Antonio, Texas. What's going on? What's your question, my friend?
1: I just got a question. Uh, I've always wondered, like, between you and Christina, uh Rey Mysterio, y'all's matches are just so fluid and perfect, and, like, at the bash and extreme, it was like, well, how do you make that chemistry with Rey Mysterio? I think he's... Well, very underrated
0: in the history of wrestling. Uh, well, yeah, Ray is one of the guys that everybody loves working with because he's so uh, so easy, so amazing, and so innovative. I mean, he's older now, as we all are. But when I first saw him in 95, he was like uh, a real-life superhero. Actually, in 94, maybe. He was like a real-life superhero that I'd never seen do some of the things that he'd done. And being so small, I mean, people used to laugh at him when he came in the dressing room for the first time because they couldn't believe... That this little guy was going to be in the ring, but then he'd get in there and just blow your mind. He was like a, a, like a Jackie Chan or something. The stuff he could do that no one else could ever do. Um, which is why I wanted to work with him in 2009. I wrote a, a really long chapter about it in my new book discussing the, 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 angle that we had, the feud that we had, the matches we had are some, some of my favorites of my career. Definitely one of my favorite all time opponents. Um, and I think we also came through uh, the same system from Japan, to Mexico, through ECW uh, and WCW, we really knew each other well and knew a lot of tricks that other guys didn't know because we had the experience using kind of the, the Mexican tricks and, and some of the Japanese things we used to do. So I, I can't ever think, think of a bad match that I had with Ray or even one that wasn't very, very good. Definitely one of my all-time favorite opponents. I
1: can't think of one either, but uh, thanks for answering the question.
0: No problem, Andrew. To, Thank you for I listening. To emulate,
1: I try to emulate you guys in that. Well, me and my friend, little backyard wrestling, uh, ESW. So you guys are—you guys are legends, man.
0: Thanks, man. I Thanks appreciate.
1: For the podcast,
0: love it. Thanks, man. I Appreciate that. Remember, do not try this at home. Only listen at home. Listen to talk is Jericho. That was a great segue. <laughs> I appreciate you calling in. I shot out the number uh, on the, on the Twitter, and I was scared that I'd be sitting there with crickets, <whistles> and no one would call. But instead, it was. Lots of calls on the phone. Lots of calls on the phone. Anyways, thank you for listening to my uh, senseless bantering. And thank you for clicking on that Amazon banner every time you shop online. When you link to Amazon through Talk is Jericho, remember Amazon gives back a little something to the show. So I continue to do this show for you for free. I got a cowbell on here. Cowbells aren't free. Had to pay for it with something, people. People. This lets me do this show for you. I love to do it, but give me some love. Give me some help. Go to podcast1.com, click on Talk is Jericho, then hit that Amazon link. You get all the great Amazon prices and service. There's no hidden fees or charges. You don't have to do a thing. You just help out. Talk is Jericho in the process. Thank you so much for listening this week. We'll be back for another show on Wednesday. God bless you all. Stay cool. Stay hard. Stay heavy. Stay hungry. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Talk is Jericho. Don't forget, every Wednesday there's a brand new episode of Talk is Jericho at
2: PodcastOne.com.